Hi again. Welcome back to Sophie's China Manufacturing Decoded podcast. I'm Adrian from the team and I'm hosting this week and our CEO, Renaud, joins me. Renaud, welcome. Hello. Yeah, how are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, good. And how are you? Mm, not bad, not bad. The weather mm. is getting a little bit less hot here in South China. <laughs> After yeah. a long, long time of uh, continuous rain and then got really hot. Anyway, um, mm. we're getting into the nice part of the year here. Yes, it's a good time to visit if you're if you're thinking of uh, heading out there to see mm. suppliers or to come and visit us. Yeah, it's uh, mm. sort of uh, October time. I don't know. You're probably looking at high twenties in degrees C. Sorry, American listeners, I'm not sure what that would be in Fahrenheit. Yeah, 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 mid to high, but less. It gets less humid also, right? Yeah, which is a, a big difference. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, good, good episode. Um, Last week with Andrew talking about reliability data, uh, so that was a decent uh, deep dive on there, which can actually help you to make better products and save money. So if you haven't heard that one yet, you can always go back into the catalogue and listen to it. This week, we're talking about manufacturing org charts, and in particular, some of the learnings that you're going to be able to get from checking your supplier's org chart, because although this is um, it kind of like it's going to be like a flow chart that lists different people doing different things or different departments. We can learn some quite interesting and quite important things when we have a look at it. So that's going to be the, the most important part of this particular podcast episode. But just to start off, a quick introduction into what an org chart is, just to get everybody up to speed. Hmm. So an organizational chart... When when you're a pretty small company and things are informal, you don't really need one, right? But when you you start to to grow and your organization becomes a bit complex and everything, you you you, you try to distribute the, the the lines of authority and responsibility, right, across let's say the the senior managers. Okay, like you handle I don't know service provision or production and then you handle sales and marketing and so on and then you handle the, the finance and accounting and legal and IT you know or things like that and then within each department then you cascade the um, again you know who like from I don't know for example the COO and then you might have uh, someone like a, a production manager and a, a warehouse manager and, uh, you know, and, and maybe a purchasing manager, uh, or you might cut it differently and you might say, well, there's like the manufacturing operations and you just have uh, manufacturing, like maybe different production workshops. And then on the other hand, maybe some supply chain operations with uh, purchasing, warehouse planning and so on, right? Uh, you, you can cut it in different ways. And the ways you cut it actually is quite important to support your company strategy, right? So mm -hmm. let me see. A lot of things could be said about that. But basically, if you think of the army, <laughs> you know, you have the, the, like, I don't know, the five-star general. And then as you go down, you see, you know, who are the colonels and the corporals, the, the, the lieutenants, the, the surgeons mm -hmm. and so on. 
all the way down to the, 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 the individual private, right? And everybody knows, okay, I'm in that battalion or in that regiment or whatever, right? And they know who is their uh, officer, commanding officer, right? And then that commanding officer knows who their commanding officer is and so on and so forth. And this is very hierarchical. Okay, or you could look at the Catholic Church, same thing. You know, you have the Pope, yeah. <laughs> and then you have like the, the, the cardinals, and I don't know, the archbishops, and I, whatever they call it, and all the way to the to the local priests, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody knows who they report to, and if that cardinal in that uh, in that country or that part of that country, you know, something happens in his territory. He's the one on the hook. He's the one who's going to have to, uh, you know, it, it comes up to him in in the end, right? If it's a big problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, and everybody there sort of has to listen to him, right? So mm. that's the old child. That's basically, that's uh, that, that that's what it is. I think everybody has seen the organizational charts. A lot of yeah. manufacturers actually show it on their um on their website, you know, <laughs> maybe not into the small details, but showing the main departments and everything. So, well, all the buyers and and people in in quality have have seen that already, right? Mm. So, what what we want to do basically is think about it and think of what different signs maybe can tell us about the way that this or that factory is run. Mm-hmm. As we move on into the next section, which is what we can actually learn from looking at an org chart. I don't think it's only who is in the org chart. Also, I think it's the nature of the, the structure of it as well. It, we can even oh, yeah. learn fr- from that. And, and I, that's probably one of the points that you're going to get into. So, um, I think you got about maybe seven learnings in particular that we can, that we can get in a manufacturing sense from looking at an org chart. So if we right. go through those. Yeah. So. Some of them are pretty basic and everybody will say, oh, yeah, right. And some of them are maybe a bit more um, to be discussed, let's say. Maybe it might be weird, might make sense in diff- in certain uh, circumstances, might not make sense in other circumstances. So mm-hmm. the one usually, and I saw it also in, in some audit checklist, and I saw some buyers pay attention to it, especially with relatively small factories, is do they have a quality department? Okay, mm-hmm. do they have... Like when we see the lines of, of of the different departments and the lines of authority, right? You you can see what the main departments are, and then if you see that there's the whatever the general manager, or CEO or whatever, and then under the reporting to the CEO is maybe someone takes care of finance, someone takes care of production, and I don't know maybe someone taking care of of, of purchasing and maybe two or three other things. And that's it. And you look down and you look down and you don't see quality anywhere. Well, what does that mean? So mm. nowadays you don't see that like blatantly missing in a very small sort of workshop where you have, you know, a few dozen people at most. They don't even have an old chart anyway, right? But it's sort of an um, informal org chart, right? If, if you ask the boss, so who are your main managers? Okay, it's going to be you know the production guy and that, that, that right? And okay, 
and what are your like the different teams in the company and if they if they don't even say that oh the, these three guys there are doing uh, inspections well they're just focused on pushing materials out the door basically right who really owns the quality function in most cases it means nobody right and then they will say oh like um like the general manager himself who say, oh no, I pay a lot of attention to this. I'm always like walking on the shop floor. And I'm the one who uh, who trains the inspectors to do this and that. I'm, I'm the one who, or the, or the workers and like, I'm the one who reviews the quality before it goes out. And some buyers are like, oh, this is great. Uh, wow, even at the top of the company, you know, this is a great sign of a very yeah. healthy culture. <laughs> but what I think is, wait a minute, when this guy, is busy because there's a big issue somewhere or where he goes on the trade show or, or he's sick, you know, or, you know, goes on holiday or whatever. Then what? Who's going to be there looking at it, right? Um, is he chained to, to, to the factory? He never goes out? Come on, let's be serious here, right? So this is, this is usually an issue with small workshops. Uh, it's not really an issue with companies that are larger especially when they start to say well we are iso 9001 certified blah 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 because iso 9001 will push them to clarify now it, it, it the standard itself doesn't say you have to have an old chart or it has to be in that standard or, uh, that format or that format it doesn't say anything like that but they always like to make it a bit more formal and like they have these consultants who say oh you show all of these to the to the auditors and we'll be all, all okay. <laughs> and uh, and then they have some kind of org chart, very generic, might not really make sense for their company, that, that might not correspond to the realities of actually who manages what part of the business or anything, but they have something. And there will always be something about quality because the, the consultants know that you have to show that you have, you know, uh, someone taking care of quality and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so... This is really only a problem with small companies, that, that, that first issue. Mm, okay. If we go into the second issue that we listed, yep. you will be that you look at the oral chart, you look for the, the quality manager or quality director or quality whatever, because you're looking for his team. Then you see that he reports to the production manager which is a very interesting, very interesting thing, which might work in a company that has highly sophisticated management systems. But usually in the companies I've seen in China that, that have this kind of issue, you know, that, that's really, that's a red flag because mm-hmm. the production department, I mean, the production manager, for someone who's been visiting Chinese factories, you think of the production manager he is the one who keeps pushing, who keeps saying, no, 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 this is, this has to go, come on, guys, and we have to finish this uh, before tonight, otherwise you have to keep working, you know, has, he's going to push the, the, the workshop supervisors and the team leaders, and, and he's going to push back against uh, maybe some inspector who says, oh, there's this problem here, you should put it aside and rework, and so on, because everybody will blame him when there are delays. Like the salespeople will say, hey, you know, you didn't tell us this would be delayed. The customer, blah, blah, blah. There's big penalties. Uh, we have to, to send by air. It's going to be very expensive. And then the, 
you know, everybody looks at him. Uh, and then in turn, he will have to blame some others, right? You will, oh, but this part from the supplier came late. And then uh, this part from the suppliers, they have they had some quality issues. We had to sort them out. It slowed us down, blah, 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 right? So there's always sort of finger pointing like that. But he pushes back if you say, well, if you have someone who does quality control and say you have some issues, you have to slow down, you have to do this and this, you have to put some manpower on reworking this, he won't be happy, right? And a typical production manager, if he is not restrained by anything, he'll just say, whatever, you know, let's, let's just keep moving the, the materials. Maybe let's pay attention from now on, but the stuff already made uh, is fine. Let's just pack it in cartons and ship it out. That uh, would be fine, right? This is something we've seen so many times. So if you put a, let's say, a quality supervisor under that production manager, Production manager is going to do whatever he wants. <laughs> he will listen when he wants to listen, will not listen when he will not want to listen. So you will have a, an unrestrained production manager, which tends to be quite dangerous. Okay, you you will have a lot of bad stuff. Maybe not his fault. Maybe it's bad stuff from the suppliers. Maybe whatever, right? But he will not want to have his uh, production efficiencies go down just because. He had to do more sorting manually. He had to do some rework and so on, right? So when I see that, it's, it's, it's really a red flag. Now, when I say that more sophisticated companies make it work, they make it work well, well, a very highly sophisticated company and think, you know, Toyota and the likes of Toyota, right? So you, we don't see that so often. Basically, the production manager is responsible really for quality. You know, is responsible for, for the quality of his work at least. And then the, the purchasing department and like supplier quality management and so on, they work together. They're responsible for supplier quality, right? And if the production manager makes some decisions to keep pushing things out, even though there are quality problems, it will come back to bite him in, in the rear end he will have KPIs that will be impacted in a way that's significant enough, you know, to change his behavior. Let's say, right? But uh, I still have to see that in a typical Chinese manufacturing company. Uh, our mistake number three that we listed is is interesting. Is also about the production department, and basically. Production department, you, you want them to keep working in the most efficient manner possible, right? So that you have the highest labor productivity, not just labor, labor and equipment productivity. But usually labor is the defining factor for, for cost at the end of the end of the day, the, the main deciding factor. So it's really about labor productivity. Now, mm-hmm. They are going to be measured typically against standard times. You say, well, let's say, you know, when we develop a new product and it gets close to mass production, we, um, you know, the engineers that put together the, the, the samples look at it and maybe with a production engineer and then they will say, well, you know, this should take whatever, 45 seconds per, per product, right? In assembly, let's say, assembly. Mm-hmm. And the planning department will take that information and will use it 
to measure the efficiencies of the production department. department. If they have a mass production order of um, 5,000 pieces, well, then they will have to spend, in theory, 45 seconds times 5,000 pieces. They, you know, And then how many people are going, going to be on that assembly line for how long and so on. And then the planning department will collect the data because they have to keep keep an eye on the, the resource utilization, right? Because it impacts their plan for, for next week and the week after and so on. In other words, well, this was 79% efficiency. This was uh, uh, 90% efficiency and so on. And you you want these these teams to be uh, to to be separate, otherwise it's a little bit too easy for the production guys to just say, oh, you know, just lower the standard or whatever, right? Because then the efficiencies would look better and everybody would look better. This mm. is sort of a minor thing, and again, with the right management systems and the right the right company culture, you don't have to do it that way. With a good ERP system, also. You don't have to to worry too much about that, because you know not everybody will be able to 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 change it, and then it will be uh, tracked. People will see, you know, it, it's logged who, who who changed it. But but really, people in production anyway should not have the uh, the, the, the 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 permissions to make that change, right? Mm-hmm. So this one is a little bit uh, as an aside, but it kind of shows that. They haven't really thought of how to collect KPIs for the production department. And very often, actually, the most worrying at all is that they don't have a planning department. Or maybe it doesn't mm. have to be a department, right? But they don't they don't have someone doing planning. It's maybe there's again small companies will be the production manager in his mind. Or maybe it has some whiteboards and writes a few things to remember, right? And and that's it. And he's trying to to keep it all together <laughs> as best as he can, which usually doesn't you know doesn't mean very well. And and uh, and then you sometimes you see oh this person is doing planning, okay how are they doing planning? Again, is it part of their ERP system? Are they using the um, uh, production control and material control modules of the system, for example, SAP, uh, or are they doing it in what, in Excel? Um, how are they doing it in Excel? Is it very systematic? Are they actually taking into account like all the steps that can happen? And so this really, this is, it's interesting to look into it because it will show you if the company is actually uh, relatively well organized and and trying to minimize the chances of something going wrong, right? Mm-hmm. It also means that they will not tell you the bad news at the very last moment when they just find out, oh, we're going to be late, we cannot make it for for that container of you know Thursday night, right? They should see things in advance. Oh, that supplier was a bit late. And then we have some issues. We need the supplier to do this rework or something. And it's pushing everything back. We don't have the packaging materials yet. And, you know, all these typical things. Oh, the, the, the other production batches were a bit late. So it's pushing this one a bit late also. They can see in advance if they're going to make it or not with a relatively high accuracy. If they have the proper system and if they're 
general processes are relatively stable, right? If they keep firefighting mm. with like supplier quality issues and supplier delays and internal problems and machines that break down and, and, and stop, you know, this batch and that batch, forget it. It's not even the problem of the planning system here. It's it's a problem of the just the stability of, of, of all the processes. Uh, they they cannot do any planning basically or it's it's gonna be so inaccurate anyways because it's such a mess, right? So they have to stabilize things first. Which yeah. leads us to mistake number five. So there's a certain category of engineers that don't work on product, like product design, product development, and things like that. But they work more on the, the systems and the processes. And they are called industrial engineers, process engineers, manufacturing engineers. You know, Different companies will use different terms, sometimes for the same thing, right? And, well, do they have a team of... Um, of, of, of manufacturing engineers, right? Mm. If you see a big company and they don't have a team of manufacturing engineers, and then you ask about that, they say, oh, you know, the production manager knows exactly what to do and blah, blah, blah. Well, who's going to do the proactive work of actually thinking, you know, planning for the processes and, and following up on all the issues and tackling the issues one by one? Typically, this correlates very much with what I just described before, which is very unstable kinds of operations. Very, very unstable. We always have some problems and everybody is in a totally reactive mode. Mm. And it's just, yeah, firefighting and, oh, we don't know what's going on. Oh, we have this new product we're releasing and we have Mm. all these problems. And now we have to do a bunch of rework. And oh, in this one, why are things so slow? Uh, we have no clue, uh, and 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 so on and so forth, right? If you don't have mm-hmm. these kind of engineers, ah, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> well, it's, it's all on the production manager, isn't it, to to handle everything? Sort of, yeah, because because then things will be pushed into to production, even when. When, when a product is not ready to be industrialized. So they will have to figure things out on the fly, maybe mm-hmm. with the product engineers who worked on it and like managed the project and everything, did maybe some of the design and development, right? But there's this missing link of the people who will actually think what, you know, in terms of layout and processes and, you know, and, and, and what equipment is needed and how to train the people. And 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 uh, whatever, how to balance the lines, so and and looking at the the bottlenecks, so that the the whole line, you know, is not slowed down excessively by by one of the stations, and so on and so forth. Right? There's there's a lot to it, but if nobody does that job, then management will be sucked into all these problems, and that's that is not good. That is not good because in the end, it also—I mean—it translates obviously into delayed shipments, but also usually quality issues. 
when you have a bad process, you have a bad process, you know. And um, mm. and in the end, it also means higher cost for the manufacturer in a very messy and confusing uh, system. And that gets pushed, you know, back down to the customer. Right? So this is um, this is not good. This is not good. No. Now, another mistake also is you look for the, the HR manager. So again, very small company, they probably don't have a HR manager. It's going to be some of the manager, the, the line managers will do the, try to, to, to find candidates and recruit them. And maybe they use a, um, a headhunter for specialized positions and their personal networks and so on and so forth. Okay, that can work well. But at a certain stage, you need to have an HR manager. I mean, an HR manager has basically two roles. One is to work on, you know, people say, nowadays people say talent and culture, right? So it's finding the right people and recruiting, you know, interviewing and so on, and basically hiring the, the right people and keeping the right um, the right culture in the company. And the other half of that is... Uh, compliance with, you know, having a labor contract that's compliant and making sure people are fired the right way and they're not going to sue the company and so on and so forth. Mm. Right? So at some point, they need an HR manager or HRBP, as they say often in China, a business partner, I mean. So someone mm. who um, who understands the needs of the business and basically uh, defends the business. <laughs> If you're looking for a supplier that's not going to get you into hot water from a social responsibility and, uh, you know, right. employees' rights and, uh, you know, following legal business practices point of view, which it can be an issue in China as mm. as in other Asian countries for sure, that mm. seems like, yeah, it's an important thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look at social compliance, it's mostly about HR practices. Mm. <laughs> and... um and if you have a, a sneaky HR guy who does like a, what a sneaky quality guy does for ISO 9001 kind of audits, mm. well, you're going to have a lot of fake paperwork also, right? Mm. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. So it, if they have an HR manager, but it's is way below in the organization, it's basically going to be uh, someone looking after paperwork and so on. Not really someone looking at talent and culture, right? So that usually tells you something. Yeah. Who is taking care of talent and culture? Are they doing something about it? Or are they just hiring some warm bodies that are that happen to cross the street at the right moment and, mm. and are okay to sign the, the, the contract? Okay. Mm. Another one, yeah, we saw it a number of times. You look at the titles and you're like, what is that? You know, certain things are very misleading. So, so then you look at the org chart and you see there's a, like a top level, whatever, general manager, whatever they call it. And then under you have, I remember one company, they had four general managers. And then they say, oh, I handled this part of the business and that part of the business, but there was no logic. Um, that was messed up. Like, that was really messed up. And that company was messed up. Okay. Sometimes, yeah, things just don't really make sense. You have a 
on the same level, you have a production manager, you have an operation manager. And you're like, okay, so operation includes what? Does it include production amounts? And they are, you know, it's just very confusing. It's also confusing to the people who join their company, right? It's just creating a lot of confusion usually, except if they have a good, a good explanation. And again, if if the company has their own strategy and their own structure, so it can make a lot of sense. Uh, but this is the kind of things is is good to ask. Right? And then finally, something. <laughs> We saw a number of things of times that very often you have the GM, and then the line goes down, but then there's something coming out on the side there, which is usually called a, a vice GM, you know, Fu, uh, Fu Zhongli, Fu Zhong, in in Chinese, and then we we, we look at it and then, oh, okay, so the okay, the, the GM is not here. We can talk to the the vice GM then. Okay, because it's someone who has a an overall view of the whole company, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and we, the person say, oh, no, 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 I'm just like the assistant of the Mishu. Mm-hmm. The, the little assistant of the GM, like, I don't know anything about that. I'm not a manager at all. I don't know. I have no clue. Okay, so why does this show you as the vice mm-hmm. GM then, right? Just to give some face or something. Anyway. It's great on the resume. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see some people, they're like, oh, vice GM. Okay, what exactly does that mean, right? Usually, it doesn't mean vice GM. <laughs> so, yeah, this is this is the list of of of, of things that uh, that that we've seen over time. That there's a good book that explains this. Uh, you know, if like in your company you you want to think about the org chart and what to implement and how to how to follow some good practices. Uh, there's a, a consultant called Lex Cisney who wrote, actually he's got a book called organizationalphysics.com and he has a lot of very good points about the org chart. And he has a book that came out maybe one year ago or two years ago called Design to Scale. So we'll we'll put this in the we'll include the link to this in the show notes, uh, yep. but it's really a good um, a good resource for people who uh, who 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 are wondering. Okay, maybe there's a better way for us also to do that. <laughs> mm, absolutely. So I mean, if you're if you're sourcing, I guess this is really important information. This is something not to overlook when you're looking into uh, potential new suppliers. Or when you're walk when you're working with suppliers, you know it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, because you can see the old chart very fast. Yeah. Uh, sometimes on the website, otherwise you go to the company and maybe you can ask for it, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can do you to, to ask some questions and get some interesting answers. Right? Yeah. And, and sometimes you see some really weird things, like like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So some good, uh, some good learning, some, some important red flags to look out for there. And uh, mm-hmm. that's all charts. Uh, as Renaud said in the show notes, we've got some interesting books so that you can have a look at and other related links. We will be back next week as we normally are. Thanks to the listeners and thank you, Renaud. All right. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophie's Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia. 
including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too.